Hello, friends. This is Ryan Stewart, associate producer at Chat with Leaders Media. I wanted to wish you all season's greetings as you are in your time of vision casting and planning for the new year as we are. We wanted to ensure a steady drip of wisdom hitting your feed to encourage and inspire your leadership. We care deeply about supporting your leadership development through the wisdom of our guests and helping purpose-driven leaders like you continue to be a force for good in the world. Today, we are revisiting one of our episodes from the Leadership Vault. Over to you, Jeff. Welcome to Chat with Leaders. Our mission is to give resilient leaders a platform to share the inspiring things they're doing to lead their teams, customers, and themselves wisely. I'm today's host, Jeff Bond with AppBerry, where we build custom web and mobile apps. And I'm proud to introduce a two-time best-selling author, acclaimed keynote speaker, and 33-year veteran of Chick-fil-A's leadership team, Deanne Turner. Welcome, Deanne. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me today. Oh, well, it is my pleasure. And I had to say it's my pleasure, given that you spent 30 years with Chick-fil-A and that those are the words that have built the foundation of success with a remarkable organization, largely attributed to the talent that you've brought to that organization. So I am thrilled to be talking with you today and thank you for your gift of time. Well, it's my pleasure. (laughs) There we go. It's all out. We're ready to go. The point of this show, as I mentioned, is to give a, a platform. Our, our saying is short chats, meaningful ideas. So, Deanne, I'm going to jump right in and try to learn a little bit more about your story, about how your leadership journey began with Chick-fil-A and how that's evolved into writing your two books, It's My Pleasure and Bet on Talent. Sounds great. Well, my leadership journey would take a lot longer than you have today, but I'll hit the highlights. And that's that somebody had a better plan for me than I did. I was in the advertising business and Actually, what precipitated the whole event is my husband was a pastor near uh, Chick-fil-A, and we needed to live in that community. And so he was the one who actually suggested that I go to work at Chick-fil-A. And after I I applied twice and was turned down, and finally on the third time over a period of about six months, I was invited in for an interview in the advertising department, which was what was my background. And when I got to the final interview, the then vice president of human resources, he invited me Uh, to consider a job in HR. And so I thought about it for a little while and I said, well, I think this is kind of interesting and I like a lot of variety. And I thought, well, I'll make this change and, you know, I'll do this for a couple of years. I'll know where the jobs are at Chick-fil-A and I'll move back to marketing. I did that and I stayed in HR for the next 30 years. That's great. And it's so clear to me that you have a genuine passion for serving people and, and often find in HR and talent that is such a critical foundation in order to be successful in it. And I've learned so much about you recently. We both have places up in Hartwell, Georgia. We both come from an advertising background and we both have found our way into the talent space. And now I'm out of talent and I'm doing podcasts and talking to leaders like you. But yeah, we have to continue that conversation as well. Very interesting. We also talked about current circumstances of rising unemployment rates. I was looking at the statistics, the the BLS is predicting as high as 20%. We're almost at 15% right now, but almost 20% in the next 12 months. And when you released your book, Bet on Talent in 2019, we were celebrating under 2% unemployment. Mm -hmm. So what does this drastic change in the world around us mean to employers as they're considering their talent strategies? Well, one thing it means for them is they have the opportunity to upgrade their talent because there's far more candidates available than there were 
even just what, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. It is such an unfortunate situation that we're in. One of the stats that I read recently that thought thought was interesting, it said a third of the people who've lost their jobs have actually obtained new jobs. So I thought that was a real hopeful thing that I heard, assuming that's accurate, that I thought that was hopeful. But for employers, what this season means is really an opportunity to go back and focus and go, okay, the last 10 years almost, I've had to run around and and fill roles instead of really carefully necessarily defining and, and what I'm looking for and then going after a specific skill set. And the game has changed a little bit more. There's always, you know, for some time there's been far more jobs than people, and now finally there are more people than jobs. But I think the principles are the same in either market. You want to select in three ways. First, you want to find people with character that matches the organization. Now, what do I mean by character that matches the organization? Well, people that have a meaningful purpose, they have demonstrated core values in their life, and that those elements match with the elements of the organization's purpose and values as well. Now, we can't forget that when we think about the culture of our organization, it's made up of the character of all the people within the organization. The sum total of the character of people in the organization make up the culture of the organization. So you want people with character that matches the organization. Secondly, you're looking, of course, for competency. We know what that is. It's uh, people being able to do what you need done, to have the right skills and abilities and experiences to do the job at hand. But when I think about competency, if I'm making long-term decisions, which is what I like to do when selecting talent, I want to focus on jobs that haven't been created yet jobs that I might know are going to be needed in the future. And I want to select people who have some skills to grow with the organization so that I can select future talent from my current bench. So when I think about competency, I'm not just thinking about for today, but I'm thinking about the future of my organization too. Competency that matches the role and future roles. Lastly, chemistry. This is a tricky one because sometimes people think chemistry is all about personality. It's not. Chemistry is about a person's ability to bring their own diverse point of view and collaborate around that and influence others in their point of view. And that, to me, is the ideal chemistry. You're looking for chemistry that matches the team, somebody who can come in and collaborate well with that team, but also very professionally and skillfully present their unique point of view as well. So I think that whole principle of selecting talent with uh, character competency and chemistry is just as important today as it was two months ago when the unemployment situation was really different. It's incredible perspective. I think that it's so important for people that are on the market right now too, to also consider those words of wisdom, because if you're looking for that alignment of character and values and purpose from a company perspective, you need to know yourself. You need to know where you stand in terms of your purpose and your values and how to align that with that of an employer. And when you look at Chick-fil-A, it's just so uh, clear. I mean, just drive by any Chick-fil-A that is out there and you'll see a line around the building and the success that they've had. You have clearly been instrumental in building a very purpose-driven, values-driven culture. And so that's something that I personally always try to model myself after, but it really starts with the individual of knowing their own purpose and values to be able to convey that clearly when you're selecting on your side. So 
great points. Love it. I want people to really soak that in uh, if they're on the market right now or developing their career. Culture, Deanne, is such a loaded word in my book. Everyone talks about wanting a great culture and, and wanting to build a great culture. But how do you define a great culture? And what can leaders be doing now during the pandemic to strengthen their own cultures during this uncertain time? Well, I think a great culture, or what I like to say a remarkable culture, is one that engages the employees, that they're very engaged, and wins the hearts of customers. I think it has to do those two things. And the way to go about creating a remarkable culture is, number one, is to find for yourself a meaningful purpose. Why does your organization exist at all? And that can be really hard to really narrow it down. But something that's meaningful, today's workforce especially, they're not interested in making money for money's sake. They're interested in making an impact on the marketplace, making impact on other people. And they want to do work that's meaningful. So you have to be able to define the purpose of your organization. Secondly, they want to be stretched with a challenging mission. What is the big goal that everyone's going to rally around and try to accomplish together? That's what you want in a challenging mission. Purposes, they don't usually change. It is what it is. It is the why of the organization. But when one mission is accomplished, then the organization sets that next big goal that they're all going to rally around to achieve together. So those are your first two elements. The third element of a remarkable culture are demonstrated core values. These are the behaviors. This is the how you're going to live out the purpose and mission. And you notice I say demonstrated, Jeff. Very important word. And that because if you just stick your values in a notebook or on a screensaver or on some hallway uh, and you just have a list of those things, but no one's living it out, they'll never stick. Values stick when the top of the organization, the leadership in the organization demonstrates those values, lives them out day to day, and then others will follow as well. I couldn't agree more. It becomes rhetoric uh, and it's inauthentic when you don't demonstrate those. I was nodding my head fervently as you were saying that because I believe in that so much. And I've been part of remarkable cultures where that's so true. And then I've been part of some where it's people will sacrifice their values to make a buck, you know, and if you're doing that, that'll quickly catch up with you. And Chick-fil-A has obviously been a great, great example of that. Deanne, you've seen multiple economic downturns during the course of your career, followed by recoveries. What advice do you have for leaders to better prepare today for these inevitable shifts in future circumstances and economic shifts to not only survive, but to thrive? It's a great question, Jeff. And first of all, I'll be really clear, I'm not anything close to an economist, so I certainly can't predict anything about our economy and when anything will change. But this is what I've seen in the course of my career. There have been three cycles of really low unemployment, like we just came out of, as low as 2%, where there were just so many jobs and so few people for them. And it's in those times that sometimes organizations are just surviving. When they're in times like these, where either they don't have jobs right now to fill, unfortunately, or they have a lot more candidates they can slow down and they can focus on this culture issue and they can realize that it will happen again. Thank goodness it'll happen again because when it does, it means our economy is better. And so when the economy improves, unemployment will go back down again. There'll be less people for jobs. So what's going to attract those people to your organization? Well, it's what you work on in this period of time that's going to attract them, your culture. 
So if you don't have a meaningful purpose or your purpose doesn't reflect who the organization is, then it's time to revisit that. Do you have a compelling mission that would make people want to join your organization? Do you have core values that people can resonate with? And are they being demonstrated throughout the organization? Working on, and then of course, I'm hitting the highlights in a short period of time, but every one of those, there's lots of work behind that to be done. Is it time to upgrade your job profiles and the way you select talent? Do that now during this period of time so that when that season approaches again, you are prepared to approach it as well. Well, you are hitting just the highlights and it's even more meaning for people to pick up your books, Bet on Talent, and it's my pleasure. I know you're constantly putting out great content out there. So people really ought to follow you and, and learn more and gain from your wisdom because what you're saying is is so true. Yet so many companies and so many individuals and leaders fall short of those expectations, not because they're bad people, but because they just don't have that all figured out. And as leaders, you know, we're constantly trying to develop ourselves our companies, and the people around us. And so if you don't have that figured out, if you don't have the demonstrated values, the purpose, the mission all figured out, what advice would you have for those leaders now? What can they really focus on to keep their businesses moving forward during the pandemic into the recovery phase while kind of going back to the drawing board and making sure they spin that up as quickly as they can, but as authentically as they can as well? Well, that's a really fine line there between trying to keep your business afloat and then growing at the same time for the future, which strategically, that's very, very difficult to do. But I think this season calls for a lot of empathy and a lot of understanding. You know, interestingly, I was taking a walk with my son this past weekend, a socially distanced walk with my grown 26-year-old son. And he made the comment to me, he goes, mom, I'm kind of concerned. He's in sales. He said, I'm concerned that I'm reading on social media and and in all these articles right now that this is the time to express empathy with employees and with customers. And he said, shouldn't we do that all the time? I said, absolutely. And this is one of those times that there are hard decisions for leaders to make and being able to tell the truth, be transparent, be authentic with your teams and say, this is where we are. This is what this means. That's really a kindness to people to tell the truth in that way. And you will generate some loyalty among those that you're able to retain in this season just by your authenticity and being clear about that you do care, but it's a time of tough decisions for businesses. Even if those are hard truths, sometimes that transparency, that clarity, people respect that. I always say, you know, it's one of the most loving, caring things you can do human to human is just to be honest and transparent. And I think that's wonderful advice. Deanne, it's such a pleasure. I, I could talk to you forever. I can't wait to, to have further conversations with you. you. Guys, pick up the books, Bet on Talent. It's my pleasure. Follow Deanne on social media. What are the ways that you prefer that people get a hold of you, Deanne? Sure. Well, one thing I should tell your readers is that It's My Pleasure is out of print. So, But here's the good news is that Bet on Talent was Baker Books bought the rights to It's My Pleasure, came to me and asked me to rewrite the book update it and add other examples besides just my Chick-fil-A story, which is what I did. So everything in It's My Pleasure is now in Bet on Talent. So that's the book. My next book, Crush Your Career, which is uh, Ace the Interview, Land the Job and Launch Your Future comes out in April of 2021. And your listeners can follow me at deanturner.com on Facebook at Deanne Turner Author, on LinkedIn at Deanne Turner, on Instagram at Deanne Turner, and on Twitter at Deanne Turner. 
we'll do it. And I can't wait to pick up the new book and, and to continue to just grasp all that knowledge and wisdom that you built over the years. So thank you for your gift of time. I will also be posting this episode on chatwithleaders.com as well as our social media handles on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and now on Instagram as well. I'm catching up with the times. Chat with Leaders is our handle. Deanne, thanks again for your gift of time. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, Jeff.